0: so many options. Good morning and welcome to episode... Ben, you want to help me out here?
1: <laughs> it's been 10 seconds since I told you <laughs> what number this is. 258. 258?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to episode 258 of Baseball Prospectus's daily podcast, Effectively Wild. That was out of order, too. This has been a, a rocky <laughs> mm-hmm. day. Uh, I'm Sam Miller in Long Beach in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Is That's that right? right. Uh Canada, where he has told me about thirty times today that he was on a boat. Uh Ben Lindbergh, mm-hmm. are you still on a boat? Not on a
1: boat anymore. No. On Solid Okey-doke. Land.
0: Uh all right. So did you have a chance to keep up on baseball from your boat?
1: Uh a little bit. I heard that there's some biogenesis news, uh, which which prompts me to ask Re- you.
0: calls for a confidence <laughs> level maybe
1: for the final time. What is your confidence level on A-Rod playing this season?
0: Uh, my head says that this is way too low, but my heart won't let me go higher than 40%.
1: Wow, you've been you've been up and down wildly over the last couple of weeks. It went from, from yeah, like 80 when I first asked to...
0: To 1.5. It?
1: it was 15, and then it went to yeah. 1.5, and now it's back up to 40?
0: It was back up to 15 in the oh, meantime.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. But now it's forty, and realistically, I think it's probably higher than that. But I just i i have it in my head that they're going to figure out a way to like you know like they're going to be checking IDs at the <laughs> at the at the stadium, and he's not going to have brought his that sort of a well, thing.
1: One way or another, we may get an answer before we record again.
0: He's going to break his foot wrestling with Scott Downs's kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: that's a good joke. Yeah, that's
1: good. Uh, right. so my topic. Uh, because I didn't have time to pay a whole lot of attention to baseball this season is I've put
0: this weekend, uh, this This weekend.
1: weekend, Yeah. This whole season um, is uh, extensions or options for 2014. I have put them all into a spreadsheet, players who have, uh, or team options. um, And I've put the amount of those options and I'm going to ask you whether you would pick them up. That's the topic.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ask, uh, I mean, I'm gonna talk about, uh, Matt Garza and, uh, Unwritten Rules.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: so, why don't you go first?
1: Yeah, cause mine's gonna be bad. Uh, alright, so, some of these players have vesting options, but I don't think any of them look like, uh, they're going to vest, so, um, so I'll just go through, uh. Some of them are very easy. Some of them maybe not so much. Uh, first one is Lance Berkman for twelve million. Pass. Adam Lind for seven million.
0: Uh, ooh, ooh, it's a, that's a, one. It's a tough yeah. one. I uh, I will take Adam Lind at that.
1: Yeah, uh, I would too probably. Adam Lind is uh, I think. In baseball prospectus chats over the past two years, I think I've been asked more questions about Adam Lind than possibly any other player. Uh, people with fantasy teams yeah. have been fascinated by Adam Lind.
0: It seems that I should probably not pass. It seems, I sorry, I should probably not pick it up. I'm now looking at it, and uh, I'm now gonna I'm gonna decline
1: two million dollar buyout.
0: Oh well, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's totally different. So it's I it's think. it's 7 million with a 2 million dollar yeah. buyout. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I think I'd take it anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Let's see. We've got Mark Ellis for
0: 5.75. I'm going to require you to tell me the buyouts Ugh. up front. None of this none of this switcheroo at the end, okay? <laughs>
1: well, uh, this that's either going to take extra time or la- loud typing sounds
0: well, why don't you just subtract the buyout and just give me the number that is the the, the true cost? I
1: presume that I looked up all the buyouts. Oh. Okay, <laughs> Mark so Mark Ellis let's, has a one million dollar buyout.
0: All right. Let's generally presume that there will be a let's say a one million dollar buyout for every sure. player. All right. What's Mark Ellis's? Five
1: point seven five.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll accept.
1: Yeah, you're not going to make a big big play for for Robinson Cano. Let Mark Ellis go. Um,
0: That's a good point No I think uh, I think uh, Mark Ellis brings a, a layer of grit That can't be replaced by <laughs> Certainly not price. by
1: By a player like Robinson Cano Who doesn't run out and Ground balls Don't no,
0: want to Keep take, going with uh, that On your team I'll take grit Over Cano Any day <laughs> of the week No I, I mean You know what I, I was just I was just handicapping The chances that Mark uh, Or that Robinson Cano Will sign with the Dodgers mm-hmm. Today With somebody mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just it's not a it's not a particular I don't, I don't think it's anywhere close to a sure thing. And, you know, it's the way that second base is right now, there's not a lot else out there. I mean, I, I guess you could let you could decline the option and then just re-sign Mark Ellis. But, uh, you know, later anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Mark, uh, the, the the basic gist of the question is, is Mark Ellis, is he worth that much or is mm-hmm. he not? And he is. Yeah. He's, he's definitely worth that much. He's a good ball sure. player. OK, grit, grit aside, grit, grit, irrelevant. Good ball player.
1: Okay, Grid is never irrelevant. But okay, uh, Benzo Brist, seven million. Oh my goodness, that's, <laughs> it. that's it. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: I would take that if it were for. I would take that if he had a hundred game suspension. <laughs> I would still. No, seriously, if he had a hundred game suspension, I would still pick up that option. Mm. Especially because isn't there another option? Yes. Next <laughs> yes.
1: year, like yeah, so that's you, another you know, thing that you're... you you turn one right, down. Yes. I think yeah. Adam Lind had a few options that were more expensive after the first one. Uh, okay. okay, big names: Jamie Carroll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> two million.
0: Um, pass.
1: Okay. Um, Alexi Casilla, three million. Pass. Yunel Escobar, five million.
0: Oh, I, uh, I think I've been pro Yunel for most of my life. I'm not going to change now. I will take unel escobar at that price uh yeah without much without much sure, question
1: i would too and he has another one the year after at the same price uh okay derek jeter eight million.
0: Ooh, <laughs>
1: derek jeter <laughs> yes.
0: uh, derek jeter has an eight million dollar option
1: mr grade one strain derek jeter
0: how did he get that how did he get that how
1: did how did that happen uh,
0: isn't he isn't he on like a 3 year 51 oh, wait, million wait, dollar wait. contract?
1: Okay, this is a player option. Oh,
0: okay. Well. <laughs> so
1: you're Derek Jr. So you take it?
0: That's telling your goods. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Uh, uh I mean, I guess you neg- he he'll probably negotiate something with the Yankees, right? For more. Doesn't he get to do that? Doesn't he basically have the right to I guess so. To negotiate He'll get he'll get like 11 he'll get 11 or 12 right
1: it would help if he could stay on the field for more than a few games at a time but um,
0: it, it might not it might not help <laughs>
1: maybe not he is very... it,
0: this might actually be his best strategy
1: <laughs> right he doesn't look bad when he's on the Dl he stands on the top step and looks looks captain like uh, okay um, Chris young has an 11 million dollar option.
0: I think that I would uh, reject that. Um, and probably I'm being swayed a bit too much by this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he, I think I would have picked it up uh, a few months <laughs> ago. And normally if I would have picked it up a few months ago, I should pick it up now. But I don't think he'll make that. I, I think he'll get paid less than that this offseason. So I'll, I'll reject
1: it. All right. Uh, Jason Kubel has a $7.5 million team option.
0: I think... I think that I am rejecting Jason Kugel. Yeah, I am rejecting Jason Kugel.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I probably would too. Uh, Coco Crisp also has a 7.5.
0: Accept,
1: accept, <laughs>
0: accept it no matter what.
1: And any Name a number, I accept. Any price. Any price. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, this, this yeah. should be... Um, okay, uh, we have Kurt Suzuki has an $8.5 million option
0: that's uh that's a, that's a
1: pass <laughs> uh yep yeah, okay uh all right
0: there did i did i say i i'm pretty sure i saw a quote the other day that kurt suzuki said that the best move billy bean ever made was letting him go <laughs> really i didn't see that i swear i saw that quote and i i'm i feel like i might have dreamed it because i've been looking up billy bean quotes a lot lately uh-huh. And it's also possible that I saw, you know, it was like some sort of parody. Uh, So now I'm looking it up. But go ahead.
1: Uh, And then the last.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kurt Suzuki. November 12th, 2012. Uh, November 16th, 2012. Kurt Suzuki says Billy Bean's best move was trading him away.
1: He's had a lot of good moves, though. There you go. I feel like that probably wasn't the best. I guess it was a good one. Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like a week.
0: Keith. Keith Falk.
1: Man. Yeah, that can be a future podcast topic. Uh, okay.
0: The, the Trevor Cahill trade. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, the Dan Heron trade. Mark Mulder trade. Who did he get back in the Mark Mulder trade?
0: Uh, he got Dan Heron. Oh. He got Dan Dan Heron and Derek Barton and uh, and uh, the reliever the reliever uh, Kiko Kiko Calero. Yeah,
1: that's a better that's a better trade. Okay, so Reed Johnson one point six million.
0: Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to start with Reed Johnson.
1: Um, yeah, I guess if you need a player like Reed Johnson, then maybe that's not the worst price for him. I don't know. He has, if he has need, limited if use.
0: You, yeah. If you need a player like Reed Johnson though, you also maybe would be better off not investing in Reed Johnson. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. All right. Um, it's hard to say.
0: It's hard to say. I, you, you can't go wrong. <laughs>
1: You could uh, Okay so that's all the position players uh, Pitchers Nick Blackburn 8 million Pass <laughs> Okay you said that with conviction um, Roy Halliday For a cool 20 million <laughs> Pass <laughs> Okay uh, Alright let's see Chris Capuano Has a 6 million dollar mutual option
0: um, one way or the other, I'm passing. All right. If, if I get to be both, then I'm gonna pass.
1: Okay. Uh, another mutual option, Aaron Harang, seven. Million. Pass. <laughs> At any price, you don't want any part of Aaron Harang. Um, all right, Ubaldo Jimenez. Pass. <laughs> uh, you don't even want to hear the amount.
0: What is the amount?
1: The amount is eight million.
0: I mean, you know, given the given who's a free agent starter this Mm -hmm. this winter, uh, you know, it wouldn't kill me if a team did that at all. I Mm would I would pass, but it wouldn't you know it wouldn't break my heart.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, John Lester, thirteen million.
0: Uh, I'll take that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sure. I
0: wouldn't feel I don't feel great about it. I feel I feel about as strongly in favor of that as I feel in against ubaldo like i I don't think it's a slam dunk
1: Uh
0: but but yeah i'll take it
1: all right uh brett myers eight million pass yeah that seems like a fairly easy one um wandy rodriguez for 13 pass all right didn't have to think about that one huh why would i um yeah i guess you wouldn't have to uh johan santana 25 million <laughs> <laughs> are, you sh- are you sure final answer
0: very <laughs> timely about that reference <laughs> great reference man
1: yeah um,
0: would you like to phone a friend
1: i'm in canada so that showed just it's in its first season here probably uh okay um james shields is that really a, is that a yeah, team option that, that, yeah uh that makes sense. yeah uh James Shields uh, 12 million dollar team option
0: Oh definitely I'll take that
1: Yeah you kind of have to Uh, Okay Ryan Vogelsong 6.5
0: Honestly I mean I passed But I don't know that it's I don't know that he's not worth that But you know he's Mm -hmm. been so bad He was so bad and I don't even know I don't know when he's even coming back I don't know how much He might be missing time for all I know next year Mm
1: Mm-hmm uh, okay, relievers. I feel like with your, your attitude towards relievers, you won't want any relievers. Um, Raphael Betancourt, mutual option for 4.25. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, then you might take Casey Jansen for 4 million. I'll take it. All right.
0: I'll take uh, almost any reliever for 4 million. The difference is that I, I won't take any reliever for 5, but any reliever for 4, I will take.
1: Well, the next reliever is for four. Uh, Matt Lindstrom.
0: Pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I, well, we put that resolve to the test pretty quickly. Um, Joe Nathan, nine million.
0: Uh, pooh. Gosh. Uh, for one year, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. All right, you got it. Uh,
1: two more. Matt Thornton for Pass. six million. Pass. Okay. Pass. Last one, Jose Veras,
0: 3.25. I'll take it. You know, he's got a zero ERA in the American League. If you just <laughs> keep him there,
1: uh-huh. unhittable. <laughs> All right. Zero, Ben. So if anyone was wondering uh, whether these options would be picked up two months from now, um, we have weighed in.
0: Did you weigh in? I wasn't sure I if didn't you were... Really. no. Okay.
1: Um, but you did. <laughs> I trust I... your judgment.
0: It did feel like if you disagreed, you were saying something, but I'm not sure if that was
1: inclusive. Well, we never disagree, right? So,
0: Not much. All right, so Matt Garza. um, Have you been following the Matt Garza thing at all?
1: I have caught up on it. I am up to speed.
0: So to review, Matt Garza can't throw. He's very good at pitching. He's very bad at throwing otherwise, and the A's try to take advantage of this or at least rattle him by bunting at him a lot. Um, After... You know, the fourth bunt or so, he started yelling at Eric Sogard for bunting. He then went after Eric Sogard on Twitter, as well as Eric Sogard's wife on Twitter, uh, and said some pretty horrible things. I'm not in any way going to deny that Matt Garza is a monster who said awful, awful things, and that is beyond the scope of this. Clearly, everything that Matt Garza said uh, about, uh, you know, gender issues and you know eric sogard's relationship with his wife horrible awful monstrous completely beyond the pale and just horrifying okay but i wanted to talk about unwritten rules because um you know whether i don't know maybe this is not an unwritten rule that anybody but matt garza knows about but clearly matt garza felt that the a's were violating an unwritten rule by kind of bunting at him a lot, bunting into his weakness, sort of not playing the game the way that the game is normally played, whereby the batter tries to hit the ball far. And um, normally unwritten rules are, I think, fairly widely mocked for being kind of nonsensical and non-competitive and silly and also unwritten, whereby they cease to be rules. Um, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and again, limiting it just to the unwritten rule aspect not to any of Garza's particular reaction Mm -hmm. uh especially off the field but I've kind of decided I sort of like unwritten rules even though they're absurd um and I will tell you why I like unwritten rules um to me uh the unwritten rule is actually a fairly subtle and ingenious and kind of crafty way of getting your opponent to play worse than they could mm-hmm. that it is essentially this sort of um not well i guess sometimes it spills into violence but essentially it's this kind of non-violent way of intimidating your opponent into behaving against their own interests mm-hmm. and that kind of strikes me as brilliant and now i'm sort of into it you know and when you think about unwritten rules So many of them are essentially basically telling your opponent not to behave in a way that helps them win. So like, you know, very famously, uh, you have Alex Rodriguez yelling, ha, which as far as I know, is not against the written rules of baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, but is considered Bush League. And so it's Yeah, theoretically, if somebody's mad at A-Rod for doing this on the field, it's because, you know, it actually would be distracting and you might actually drop the ball. And so nobody does this, even though they're, you know, theoretically allowed to do it because they've been intimidated by like etiquette into not doing it and you think about not stealing bases when you're up by six or you think about not bunting to break up a no hitter even if it's your best chance to get a hit even if it's late in the game and it's a one run game you're you know not allowed to do it by the unwritten rules all that really is is this incredibly crafty way of getting your opponent not to beat you and so i decided i love it and i also even more than that Love the teams that violate the unwritten rules. I had I think I've mentioned before that in my slow pitch softball league, i am a I am a walker. I am completely my goal is to walk five times a game. And this is not this is not considered a noble way to play the game. <laughs> I do expose myself to some abuse. There are people who will unfollow me now because of this. <laughs> and yet, I love the walk and and I love it partly because there's not a lot of pitchers who are capable of throwing. Three strike or you know two strikes in a row or two strikes before they throw three balls. It's a you know you start one one in slow pitch softball. Start with the one one count or even throwing one strike before they throw three balls. So you know I basically make them throw a strike and uh, this probably violates an unwritten rule and yet it's the only way our team wins because we don't have good baseball players or good athletes or young human beings. We're old and slow and the only way we win is by drawing walks and so. I like the A's. Slower than Jose Molina. I'm a half second slower to first than Jose (laughs) Molina. It's true. And I'm I'm one of the fast ones. It's true. (laughs) Uh, I like the A's because the A's, I've been wondering, and, and, you know, forgive me, there might be some team that's done this before to Garza, but, you know, I've never seen any team do it to Garza. And I've been wondering when a team was going to do it to Garza. He can't throw. It makes perfect sense to do this. And I love that the A's did it. I love that the A's totally wigged out C.J. Wilson when he, when he got all mad because they were playing lawyer ball by drawing walks which is just incredible right i mean cj wilson's biggest biggest uh flaw is that he you know sometimes loses the strike zone the a's very famously draw walks it's not a new thing and yet like he totally got frazzled by them and insulted them for violating an unwritten rule about taking pitches i love it i love that the a's aren't afraid to break the unwritten rule and I kind of love that other teams invoke the unwritten rule so that's all I'm gonna I'm no longer ever going to uh, insult an unwritten rule I will complain if my team follows the unwritten rule I I think that following an unwritten rule is dumb but enforcing an unwritten rule is brilliant
1: so that's the thing do you have the the moral authority to enforce an unwritten rule if you don't consider yourself bound by the unwritten rules if you don't observe the unwritten rules uh, then I feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't have the authority to to compel another team to observe them, right? I mean, you, uh,
0: so, you have yeah, to so. be
1: an old school guy who who believes in the. Un- you can't be the A's uh, bunting against Matt Garza and then turn around the next day and you get bunted against with a pitcher who can't throw and and complain about it, right? You can no longer intimidate the other team because you you perform the same tapt- tactic. So I so I I guess the I, I see the benefit of being the team that, that doesn't uh, play by these rules, but you can't be both, really, can you, right? I mean, it would be, it would be impressive if you could be uh, the team that does both the Garza thing and the A's thing uh, and somehow gets away with that. But I feel like you, you have to have it one way or the other, right? You can either be the, the defender and the upholder of these unwritten rules and therefore use your, your authority... Uh, in that position to compel other teams to give you an edge that they wouldn't otherwise. Or you can be the team that just thinks that all the rules are silly and doesn't play by any of them, but also doesn't expect the opponent to.
0: That's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about it. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if your reputation for breaking unwritten rules would would necessarily get around that quickly it probably Mm -hmm. would i'm not sure that even if your reputation did get around that teams would still be able to change the way that they play uh it's possible that they would still kind of revere the code uh and go down with the ship i don't know but it's a good point and it yeah, it suggests that maybe it actually does make sense to follow the unwritten rules that don't seem to matter that much. Like yeah, that, stealing right. stealing when you're up by six. Probably a good one to follow. If you get some s- moral authority later.
1: Right. I mean how many unwritten rules are there that actually give you an edge? Right. Because a, game? Not, yeah, a this, lot of them are, are small. not showing up a, a team like that, stealing with a ton of runs where you're not really increasing your your win expectancy by anything at that point. Um, I mean, what other one? There, there's the the bunting this this situation with Garza, and there's the bunting to break up a, a no hitter or a perfect game. Uh, that one I guess helps you if it's a close game.
0: Well, uh, the you know not showing up an opponent might actually be useful. It might have a strategic advantage, especially if you have a pitcher who you think you can rattle. But yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of them aren't that significant, and those ones are probably worth following if it helps you maintain the moral authority. And and the A's probably picked a good time to, uh, to go freelancing. I mean, this is probably a a good case. If you're going to use your, your get out of unwritten rule jail card, Mm -hmm. this is probably a good one to do it. So yeah, that's a good point. You're right. It is about picking your, your spots, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I guess so. You have to, yeah, play by the rules most of the time when it doesn't really hurt you. And then every now and then you get a situation like this and you can just Conveniently forget about that And then uh, the next time a situation Comes up you can be the old school Team again when it doesn't hurt you To be that team Um, And I guess if you're uh, The thing I was thinking about When I read about the Garza stuff was Just I guess if I were A If I were a team executive or a manager uh, How fervently I would I would wish that my players Would not be on Twitter I guess Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you can't compel them not to be really, but uh, and there are rules about not tweeting during the game and that sort of thing. But it seems like there's not a whole lot of good that can come out of this for a team. I guess there's there's maybe some good, like if you I don't know if you have a a really charismatic player on Twitter. Uh, I guess it could maybe get some more fans for your team, but it seems like it would. Just kinda get that player more Twitter followers. Like I don't know if the the Diamondbacks are more popular because Brandon McCarthy is good at Twitter. Um, so it seems like the there's not a whole lot of upside and there's just a lot of a lot of downside because it's a, a medium where players will say things without a media relations person standing next to them and and ready to cut off the interview if they start going off the rails a little bit. It's uh it must be kind of scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, why couldn't you compel them not to be? Uh
1: could you? I know there are I guess I guess you could. There's there are I feel like there are teams in either other sports or maybe like college sports where that's a thing. Um again when we when we talk about other sports it's not not our strength. Um I guess you could uh I don't know. You could you could make it some kind of team policy, I guess. Um, but there's, there's like an MLB social media policy, I think. Um, I guess you could have a team-specific thing where you put it in people's contracts when they come to your team or something. I don't know whether that would make it harder to, to sign free agents who have millions of Twitter followers. Maybe.
0: I think only one free agent has millions of Twitter followers, to be fair. Just, I mean, sorry if that's a little pedantic, but I think (laughs) Nick Swisher is the only one.
1: (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Uh, And a lot of players just have Twitter accounts that are run by someone else and are boring. Um, And they might have a lot of followers because they're famous, but not because they're putting any effort into it themselves. Uh, But yeah, okay. I guess we're done.
0: All right. Talk to you tomorrow.
1: Okay.